Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and I'm here with Albert Morales, and we are the House of Indie. We've got the tenacious Tony Parker. This guy is the master of mud. The inkwell. Uh, I, I don't even know what to call him because he's ingenious with that ink wash. <laughs> he's just insane with it. Uh, you make the rest of us look bad, sir, and I, I humbly hate you for it. Uh, but it's it's all good, though. Everyone's got to find a reason to hate me. It's totally okay. <laughs> We've got Tony Parker on the line. How's it going? I'm doing wonderful. You are far too kind in that introduction, by the way. Something <laughs> incredibly appreciated. Thank you, Parker, so much. This guy, this guy, like, I'm, I'm starting to get a belly, and just, just, just talking with Tony, I'm like, dude, this guy's majorly fit, and I'm like, oh my god, I got, I got to suck it in even while I'm talking to him online, or you know, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, uh, Tony. Uh, <laughs> I've known you for a little bit of a while, and, and um, you've always been like this professional, man. I mean, like the 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 constant professional, very kind-hearted, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's just a, something that's kind of lost in lost in generations, but uh, yeah. in and outside the industry, um, wh- just with everybody, general general social aspects, man. Yeah how do, how <laughs> is it that you do this, sir? And, and where can we learn from uh-huh. your from your teachings we we will be your padawan <laughs> i actually i just learned from my everyone around i mean if you want a true master like that try to um catch george perez oh, he is yeah. utterly amazing with these things he'll be there before the floor opens and after the floor closes and it's great with everyone and it's something like he's just absolutely amazing and for me it's just i like being nice to people yeah people are generally nice people and um, it's kind of easy to be nice and just treat with a smile. I mean, yeah, some people, they're not all people. I mean, there are some bad people out there. I'm not going to say everyone is good. Everyone, but a lot of people are good, the bad and all that. Just be nice, be cool. There's, there are times you pick your battles and there are times that you have to stand up, but usually you don't have, I mean, just breathe in, breathe out. And <laughs> you know, but the other, I mean, well, the other side is you also have to make sure that, there are a lot of people that need to be stood up, that need help um, standing up. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. It's it's um, giving them a hand to, to put them on equal ground, and that's the other yeah. tough part about it, where it's not a, I just put good on the world and universe, and that's good. It's like, no, it's great to be good, everybody, and treat everyone yeah. with uh, equal respect until they drop it down themselves. But there's also that other side. You need to make sure that, to at least for me, to acknowledge not everyone's on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure that we can all do what we can to make sure that 
we can fight for um, fight for everyone to have that everyone to have that equal footing. Yeah, you know, I can attest to to how uh, kind you really are. I was working uh, one year at uh, Phoenix Comic Con or what did they call it that Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix Comp. Fan Fest. Phoenix Fan Fest. It was. I think it's Fan, fan Fusion now. I fan fan fusion, fusion now, but it was the last year that they called it Phoenix Fan Fest, and I was working yeah. that con, and they gave me the task to work with the artists and the creators, and uh, I came to your table and I asked you, "Hey, how you doing? You guys doing okay?" I had to check on you guys, and you offered me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> from your, <laughs> and I said, "No, I'm fine. I'm I'm actually fine. I'm I'm I came to check on you, and you." Turn the tables on me, and, and and you started to check on me and make sure that I was doing good. If I needed some water and things of that nature, so that <laughs> yeah, it was just a it was just a granola bar or something like that. Oh <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. It was a granola bar. See, look at that. He see what's the matter? With <laughs> you? Well, peanut butter jelly sandwich. This guy. <laughs> I thought. It, yeah. See, I I have a I have a bad memory. He has a better memory than I do. No worries. <laughs> no, I just know what I usually carry these things. Like I wouldn't wouldn't be a sandwich. I don't want to make sure I'm not. Dropping uh, jelly on pages. <laughs> no worries. I like PBJs. They're they're amazing things. I know how hard that. Um, I mean, they do a great show. I love the people, everyone that runs, everyone works with um, Fan Fusion. But y'all are busy. I know they're working yeah. your butts off, and sometimes you don't have an opportunity to get something to eat, and you feel like obligated to make sure everyone else is okay first. I'm like, no, I'm great. I'm sitting in my butt, running and talking to people. My life is gold. So I want to make sure that. <laughs> You have the opportunity to make sure that you're taking care of that you're doing okay. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta thank you again. I appreciate that. That was really kind of you to do that that day. Oh, happy to do it. And it's, it's something that I've learned. It's, I've, I learn a lot from other people around me as well, where I've seen other creators do stuff like that. I've talked to a lot of people who are um, volunteers or work with staff, and I know how much they go through. And it's something where, if I'm doing great, if I'm set up with things it's the least I can do to make sure I can help out other people as well. Yeah. So let's chop it up and get into some of your work. I, I've actually, uh, uh, I followed you for a while. I, I've seen some of your work. Um, you know, when we first met, you were doing the Warhammer stuff. Yeah. And how did you get into that kind of area? Just because, you know, some guys are so gung ho and laser focused on trying to get into, I got to work for Marvel and DC uh, that, uh, they kind of just miss opportunities because they're not keeping their eyes open or their options open um how's how do you how did you manage that i mean how did you come across that opportunity love it you actually answered my question for me there so i thank you <laughs> well what the, the, the roundabout way that is i've always wanted to work comics i've always loved it and just it's a very tough thing to get into so for the longest time i used to work with role-playing games like the interior artwork for uh, rpg what they're called splat books where it's um, either like modules of here, the, the, they go down to a cavern and they find this, or here's yeah. a bunch of di- different monsters you can find. So I've been like at 150 um, RPG books and magazines through uh, doing stuff like that. Oh, wow. That was my my income for a couple of years there. Wow, that's cool. And, yeah. And so towards the end of that, because it, it's a very, um, very difficult thing to make a living in just because there's very low profit margins, mm-hmm. so there's not a whole lot of money to give to the artist. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like it's bad. Just that's just the way it is. So it got to the point where I couldn't survive off of that. Toward, but towards the end of it, I was doing a lot of work. I had the opportunity to do a lot of the Warhammer Fantasy role playing games, and so and the Warhammer um, CCG cards. So I did a bunch of the Fantasy and 40k um, artwork for the cards, and I've done a lot of work with uh, Games Workshop and 
so therefore I was not an official artist, but I was one of their artists. And it was like through, um, through, um, through a company over in the United States. Right. And so I'm going around and I've got all these samples in there and I go over and go, walk by Bloom Studios and I look down like, oh, wow, they've got, I didn't know you were doing Warhammer books. Oh, yeah, well, that's too bad you're not doing them anymore because I did a lot of Warhammer work with them. I've done like all these books and here's some of my pieces. And he looked up and he's like, no, we still do them. And I was almost hired on the spot right there, oh, which wow. never happens in real life. But yeah, give me your car or you know, give me a contact in a couple of weeks, uh, like a couple of weeks after San Diego, which is a quick turnaround time for mm-hmm. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, I was starting to do like little fill in like pages, an issue too. And then after a while I picked up, I was able to do a full, uh, um, was it Fire and Honor with a miniseries, which were the Tau versus Imperial, um, I think Imperial Guard. So it was my, that was my first full miniseries. I could do covers on that. I did a lot of covers. So it was, I went around, um, a roundabout way and did that. And then a little bit, uh, to extend off of that, it went to, um, my, um, Ian, my, um, Ian Brill, my editor at the time, they're like, hey, mm-hmm. Tony, can you do, and this is a great little segue into a fun little story. All right, okay. um, <laughs> can, you, can you, because it goes right from Warhammer, and it's okay, can you do this? Got a project it might be working, might be doing, um, can you do these three pages for a tryout? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, okay, these are nice, but change this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll change those, and then, Okay, that's good, but I need you to change these three things as well. I'm like, this is just a try, and this is just a trial. There's no guarantees. But you know what? I trust them. There's reason for it. Okay, I'll go for it. I'll, I'll do it. And like, after four or five passes with that, like, okay, you got the book. I'm like, all right, send me the script. Well, here you go. You've already done the first three pages. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, wow. And that ended up being the Eisner nominated Do Android Stream of Electric Sheep. Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I remember so that when you see the first three pages of that, that's the actual. That, those are the triad pages. The first three are like, and there are a lot of corrections with that. Wow. And it went, and by that point, they're already behind schedule just from just production, making sure that the, the uh, state of Philippe K. everything was what they wanted it to be. And I fully respect that. And the estate was amazing to work with. So it's not a blame. It's just they want to make sure that they get their baby right. So sure, therefore, yeah. we did, ended, ended up doing, um, I ended up penciling and inking like, 12 issues in 11 months and then ink, uh, penciling ink washing the last, the second half of the series, the second 12 on a 28 days, 28 days per um, issue schedule as well. Wow. Wow. So there was pencils and inks for the first half for like 26, 24 days per issue. And then the second um, half of the series was 28 day turnaround pencil ink and wash. So that was, yeah. that was, it was character building. Sure. Yeah, sure, yeah, definitely. yeah definitely. I, I, you know, when you, when you, you know all those go, all those uh, callbacks. You know, basically of of uh, hey, change this, change that, change this, change that. Uh, yeah, that's really important, and I think a lot of artists need to need to kind of realize that when they're working mm-hmm. on projects that you know they're going to test you. They might not need the changes, or might not. Um, Actually, well, I mean, cut in. They're usually really good. They're usually really good about like trying to only do minimum changes, right? Because they're really busy too. I, I, I apologize for cutting off, but it was no, 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 no. Sometimes they're. Re- very rarely is an editor going to make a change just to make change. Sure, yeah, yeah but if the somebody tells one, you that there's a tryout kind yeah. of thing, it's like yeah. uh, you know, yeah. a, an artist of a different caliber might be like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's just a tryout, and yeah. might blow it off or might not yeah. go the full extent of trying to really go for it all. 
um, yeah. as these changes are being made. They don't they don't know if they're being tested or not. They, you know, it's just a blind kind yeah. of thing. I could see where some frustration can come, kind of come into that a little bit. Oh, there was. <laughs> no, no choice about it. And it was obviously very frustrating. For, right. But they knew it as well. And mm-hmm. that's the thing with editors. I have such a – the more I've known about what editors, comic editors do, the more I respect what they do because – they are juggling so many cats. It's fascinating. And yes, I love Snallifors, which yeah. we switch up different analogies. But it's something where they do so much uh-huh. that they don't have time. In. Um, they usually won't test you for like, do it's like, oh, let's see how well he jumps through hoops. Yeah. Or how, how well she's going to take care of these things right here. It's let's see what you can do. Wow. Because I feel that what they want is the art. There's the art. Looks uh-huh. great. All right. On to the next thing. Yeah. So they're going to be very cautious and very careful about stuff like that. But no, the best editors have been, and I've been very lucky to have a lot of great editors. Mm-hmm. For them, it's all about bringing up the best final project, not yeah. about putting fingerprints on or stuff like that. So with that, it was uh, with his, with Androids, it was the estate saying, no, we need to, this isn't fit because this um, doesn't match with either things down further in the series or it's not how we visualize it so, or one of the other things with Androids was well, I could not use anything remotely related to um, the movie Blade Runner. Because oh. it's, again, loosely, Blade Runner is loosely based off the book Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Right. Okay. And due to like, licensing and all that. So yeah. anything yeah. that showed up that had, like all the flying cars can look anything like the spinners from uh-huh. Blade Runner. Not the costumes can look anything like Blade Runner. No, I mean, and that was one of the first things I did was I put like um, a throwback to some of the brick that's used in on Deckard's. Um, apartment in the movie Blade Runner, which is a beautiful, but incredibly intrinsic thing to do. And they're like, yeah, it looks like the stuff from there. You got to pull it. We can't use that. But I spent all this time. Mm-hmm. I get that. I appreciate it. But there's too much worry, too many worries about potential for um, lawsuits for uh, yeah. um, IP theft. Right. Um, how many, I got a quick question for you, not to cut you off. Uh, shoot. So how many times have you been nominated for an Eisner? Um, by myself, well, not by myself. There, it's all a team thing. But I was nominated. Um, like I got like the little rejection plaque for once for Do Under School Like a Sheep, and then um, recently I was part of an um, an anthology uh, where we live. Okay, and that was nominated. That and that was nominated for an Eisner, and that one lost um, uh, to Puerto Rico Strong, I believe. But it did win two um, two uh, two two other awards. So for not with the Eisners, but with. Um, I'm killing it. It's driving me crazy that I don't remember what exactly. I mean, that I can see it. The Ringos won two Ringos. Uh, okay. Oh, it's Ringos. That's so a, that was good. Man, I really yeah, like so, it. I mean, it's and my thing with those, it's it's a great book, and I'm happy that things like that help bring more attention to it because it's a charity book to help out the survivors of um, Las Vegas shooting. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So um, what happened? So if you've noticed his style, Joe, I don't know if you've seen any uh, a lot of his work. I'm pretty yeah. sure you have. Yeah. When you do when you do these ink washes, man, they, you got such mm-hmm. a beautiful line and such beautiful shading when it comes well, to that ink you. wash. That thank you. you. I saw a thing that you did, and I've seen some other characters that you did. You have so much yeah. weight that the thing actually looks like he's heavy yeah. and gritty, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a rough, yeah. you know. Uh, I'm just wondering how long did it take you to get so proficient at uh, at the ink washing? Did you take time off, or did you? Did you to fully kind of concentrate on it, or did you just kind of go as you went? Um, one of it is I'm I'm still really working at it. It's still something that I see other people out there that are amazing with them. Like I just see myself as a long ways to go, but I do appreciate the compliment. I don't want to take anything away from that. It's, <laughs> um, but 
it's something that when I was like artistically, I was trained um, like an atelier um, style teacher or classically trained where everything was done with um, charcoal. Uh, so I um, had a couple of years of working with um, tonal qualities. Okay. And there's a lot of learning curve at the beginning as well. Mm, that's crazy. And the biggest thing with working with, um, with like an ink wash is you're always working light to dark. Yes. So once you figure out where the light sources are, then you make sure you just kind of work away from light to dark with that. Gotcha. But yeah. it's definitely something I'm um, still actually working with when I have time. A lot of like, none. I'm working on three different books right now, and none of them are inkwash. All different degrees of line art. Yeah. But I did recently post up something I did for um, the Emerald City Monsters and Dames 2020 mm-hmm. um, a charity book for the Seattle Children's Hospital. All that was a lot of fun and sometimes the toughest part is you really can't take it back it's all there so you have to like really think about it ahead of time sometimes very rarely i'll do like little tonal studies but usually it's looking at just trying to make sure i get it and if i make a mistake try to make it into a happy accident there you go when when i think of of tony parker art i always think go back to that this that one i think what it is god of war i think it is oh yeah, yeah that yeah. one the one yeah, yeah barbarian type guy standing up with yep. his one leg up i always think of that one uh and, and and it's just an amazing uh i always i, I can just picture it in my mind you know and it's Thank just you. amazing it, I, I and the way you explain it i i can't think of anybody else who has this kind of you know there's only one tony parker type of artwork and I think that's that's what I always go back to. It's when definitely I think distinctive, of that. yeah. Yeah, very distinctive. Yeah, it's like you know, if I saw uh, Freddie Williams' uh, art in ink wash, you know, uh-huh. I, I know that's Freddie Williams. But yeah. if I see Tony's work, I definitely know that it's Tony. Exactly. So, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Welcome. So, talk to us about uh, uh, that damn band and how that came about. That was very lucky for me. It was something that I won't say literally fell in my lap because I'm quite literal. I mean, literal. It was something where one of my editors over Dark Horse came up and said, hey, Tony, uh, Paul's got this great book. I think he'll have a lot of fun to do. And I'm like, okay. I'm looked at my schedule, looked at everything. I'm like, no, I love Paul's work. Paul's an amazing book guy, by the way. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 do this. So it was something when I came on, it was more of a, not work for a hire, but much more like, hey, um, here's an artist. The last artist um, didn't quite work out or didn't didn't work out. They didn't have the time for it. They were too busy with their schedule with other things. So hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yes. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and so it was, and it really was. I had such tremendous time with that. And a little anecdote with that was the very first issue. And I don't want to, I'm not giving away too much because the book came out a couple of years ago, sure. and it's in the first issue that happened. Well, for those those out there that aren't familiar with the book. It's the year is 1974, the biggest band in the world, uh, Mother Father. They, they get the popularity in true British rock fashion from praising the devil. <laughs> Much to, unknown to them, they are actually successful. <laughs> and they don't realize it. So it's a horror comedy like This is Found, That Meets the Exorcist. <laughs> nice. And so the book itself is um, a documentary crew following this group around it, um, while it's going on tour and um, recording and all that. Hmm. So most of it takes place from a, a first-person POV from a camera. However, there wow. are things that don't pick up, like say they take a drug trip, and like so you can't take that on camera. So they, yeah. 
excuse me, in the, in the script, it was, no, we went to it like a courtroom um, artist thing. And I look at it and I think about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Since this takes place in a couple um, different parts all over the world, why don't we do it as the art style of a local artist? So I'm like, and they're like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a dumbass. What have I done? Because it's all these styles I've never drawn before. So the first issue there is done as a like 1974 Japanese manga style. Oh, man. Which I'd never drawn before. <laughs> and as the book as it travels around the world, it's all these other artists around the world using those art styles to show what the band later on told them that they saw. And so I think I ended up doing like six different arts, six, six separate distinct art styles in there. Jeez, Five wow. of which I'd never done before. <laughs> all wow. on deadline. So did so you? It was, st- it was a great challenge, wonderful book, but. Did you uh did you happen to study like uh, or go back and look at any clips of like you know Zeppelin and stuff like that back in the days for the seventies? Uh, uh, what do, what were you kind of what were you using for uh, reference? You know for for something like that. Well, when we did the designs, um, like he um, Paul was like, here's kind of what I'm looking for this character because he he knows his uh, classic rock and he's like here's this and one look character looked like this character looked like this. So I went through and I picked and choose different iconic looks for all of them or help bump it up. And I would listen to a lot of it. Like when I'm going through different parts, I'd put on like, um, different um, bands of the era. Okay. Okay. But as far as visuals, I've um, like a lot of stones, some stuff, a lot of stuff like that. But I'd really try to make sure I kept my own, its own separate visual uh, look to it. Because sure. I don't want to get drawn into too much of one band or another band. Because I wanted them to be recognized as, as inside jokes of, oh, I, I remember that from that concert or that group from that concert. But I stuck with one all by itself it'd be like oh no it's just it's um just that one band like no i want to make sure it's all try to make sure it's inclusive of all of them as possible i'm sure the music helped from that era i mean it's just like you said you <laughs> listen to some of the oh, music you're drawing man do you, do you still continue to listen to that music now or is that something you normally listen to <laughs> or or uh um, i usually oh, i try to soundtrack um sometimes i try to like when i'm doing layouts i'll try to soundtrack for whatever the um, for what you're doing at the time like where the genre is sometimes i'll use a soundtrack for whatever the, um, like the page is, but usually just anymore. It's in, whatever really kind of hits me with is like that little Zen kind of drop and like kind of lets me, lets everything flow. Sure. 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 Where it's open meditative and I'm, it's a good thing I have a studio all to myself because usually it's the same song for hours on end. <laughs> so I'll just I'll repeat that one song for, <laughs> which I remember for, um, do enters team electric sheep. It was, Wrong by Depeche Mode. Yes. Like, <laughs> months, which is a great song. Yeah. But it was like just repeat, 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 just because it was like almost like a mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And so each, um, like a lot of when I did God of War, it was this, I don't even remember the name of the group, but it was like a, a weird little alt group that had nothing to do whatsoever with that, how the song, with what the page was, <laughs> what the song sounded like. That's awesome. And then, then there's my all-time favorite, which is uh, Radiohead's um, Exit Music for a Film, which I think I have like okay. 47 covers of on my Spotify mix. Nice. <laughs> so I'll just go through and like go through and just play different versions of that as it goes through. And <laughs> skip them from time to time, but yeah, yeah, I, I do a lot of that. As I said, it's good that no one else is in the studio with me or they would shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I gotta, I gotta get. Uh, my hand on Tony Parker's Spotify mix, man, because that sounds like a good one. 
Uh, it is for me, for everyone else. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you start looking at him funny, like, what is going on over there? Hey, man. That's, a, that's a lot of redhead, buddy. Let's get you some sun, get you some vitamin D. <laughs> here hey, talk to us about May Day. What, what's, uh, what is that book about? Because I've, I've seen it here and there, and I, I haven't uh, quite yep. picked it up yet. Or, and I'm really interested in – I'm a big title guy for me. Uh-huh. And if the yeah. title speaks to me, I'm like, oh, man, that's a damn good title. Then I'll go and grab it. And, you know, it's yeah. That was incredibly fun as well. Alex approached me about that. Um, Alex DeCampi, uh, mm-hmm. it was incredibly fun to do. And that was Sexy Young Russian Spies in Southern California in 1971. I like it already. <laughs> but sexy it's one thing where it's not, it, it, yeah, the thing is, it's not like the James Bond spies where things kind of nice and soft and everything's clearly defined. Mm-hmm. These are actual spies. No one trusts anyone. It's the height of the Cold War. Okay. Everyone's paranoid, and yeah. it's like, but they're they're on the same side. No, they're on their own side. Yeah, there you go. No one trusts it, and it's it's a it's, um, it's a very hard R with it. Oh, hard R. So it's like uh-huh. page three. It's like, well, yeah, hard R, not a pirate thing. But yeah, 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 yeah. Very <laughs> hard, hard rated R, where there's like heads exploding and people getting shot. Wow. Like page three, it's like, wow, there's a fat naked Russian guy with his robe open, and I can see his doodle there. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I mean, it's a great book and it's, again, it's much more of a, it's a harder, um, it's not, it's, it's not for everybody. Did did you, uh, um, did you watch, uh, do you watch a lot of TV? Did you watch the Americans or, uh, or, uh, I, I'm familiar with Americans. I haven't seen it. It's something that I wouldn't watch just because I don't want to make the connection over with them. But sure. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that, but instead of like being, I guess the eighties and a, a house, um, house of its seventies, just, yeah. Like crazy, crazy spies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it a it was a lot of fun to work work on. But now that, that's the toughest part with it was it was just it was such a hard um, the sales uh, sales did okay but it was such a hard R that it was tough to get in a lot of shops. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at a couple of different picture uh, pages here of uh, of uh, your work on that damn band and uh, Mayday. And uh, mm-hmm. did does it does was it a little bit uh, different of a heart of of a um, art style that you kind of played around with uh, from the difference of the two? Absolutely, it's something where I try to like everyone. T- like it used to be, you were an art a comic artist, you had your style. That uh-huh. was it. it was, and that can really screw you over as far as a career goes. Yeah, because what's the hottest style for five years all of a sudden is gone for twenty. Uh-huh. Or, and so, therefore, I mean, there are similarities in my art illustration style, yes. Yeah. But I really try to tailor it, the story, the storytelling, the pacing, the dynamic of the character, expressions, line weight, rendering, all those things to fit the story better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, um, this damn band had a lot more, or that damn band had a lot more um, um, dynamic and fluid expressions, a bit more comically, yeah. uh, so like that, where... Um, made it and the tough part is made it time to pull myself back and Alex was like dude calm down <laughs> Too big. you're at 10 down to a 6 down to a 5 down to a 4 let it go I trust you just just do it so she was great about making sure that um, I was restrained uh, I was well, restrained but a lot of it is making sure that it fits the book right because yeah. then you have those things then you go from that on to like God of War yeah which they wanted a very open very loose style but still much more aggressive much more dynamic pretty much it it was like so you always have to make sure that you maintain i mean the um your art has to fit the story it's not you're when you're an artist yeah. it's, you're like a, you're a character actor yeah 
and you want to be Steve Buscemi. You want to be the guy with <laughs> crazy eyes and then you're Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Where you're not thinking, oh. About, oh, it's that guy. It's like, or the gentleman who, um, the amazing character actor who always, or like Meryl Streep, who can do anything. You want to be yeah. like Meryl Streep. There you go. Yeah. Where it's like, what's the role? Okay, yeah. then I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, because all three of those are completely different art styles. You got God of War, which is amazing, yep. you know, and, and, and you got, um, you know, that damn band and Mayday. They're all like, like, if I were somebody who didn't know any, like back in the day when I didn't know anybody's name for comic books, I would have never known that the same person did the, the three different books. Um, but yeah. I think that's, that's a, te- a testament to your talent that like you can kind of go with the flow a Thank little you. bit. Adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, how, and how, that's, it's, it's a, it's kept me afloat. It's kept me uh, within um, like a period of like six months, a couple of years ago. I've been constantly working and that's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is fight determination, but a lot of it is there's a malleability there. Yeah. Like there, everyone says you have to show up and be your own thing. That, that works to a great degree, but there's another side of it where it's your job to do what's best for the story. Right. Yeah. So that's something like Steve Lieber, Lieber is great about that. If you follow him on his Twitter profile, he'll talk all the time about how I really had it, how he had to change art styles for this book versus another book mm-hmm. or you look at Stuart Eminem yeah. Stuart Eminem when mm-hmm. he was doing different books it bounced all over the place as well or like J.H. Um, Williams III who like have different art styles within the book itself just because that is what, what is required for that uh, for that series yep. yeah yep exactly how did it feel with and, the God of War sorry no go for a hot God of War it was oh I love it I've been very lucky with my career. I ain't going to lie about it. Where I've been able to play with, and it's not just because I'm sucking up, it's get to play with all these things that are incredibly fun to do. Yeah, because I mean, and God of War's got this crazy following, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you know, every single time. And, and uh, I, are you a gamer at all? Do you, do you play any of the games? I used to when I had time. <laughs> yeah, busy, yeah, but not I, anymore. God of yeah. War is something that I'm, I made sure to play through yeah. for God of War 4. <laughs> uh, and I take that back. I played through the first three already. So, like, I love the property, and then I, Saw the trailer for God of War four. I'm like, this is amazing. Not just because it's, it's, I mean, a property I love, but it's also something where they took a different look at it, which makes it much more connected than versus Gray Hulk Smash. It's <laughs> there's an actual reason for the character. Yeah, and I love that. Then they said, Hey Tony, how would you like to do this? I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> no question. That's a hard yes. Really, none, none what's yeah, exactly none what's no question whatsoever. It was, <laughs> and it was great to work with. Santa Monica Studios were absolutely wonderful, and this was also the same time that they were putting out the game. I mean, the game was about to come out, so they were both they're about working, yeah. uh, making sure the game was as good as it came out, which was an amazing, uh, just not really amazing game. But also, anytime they send back notes, it was here, do this, this, do this. Uh-huh. They were all great notes. It was never, again, never trying to put their fingerprints on it. It was yeah. here are some suggestions. We're going to sit back, let you do your thing. We, we respect and trust what you can do. But maybe if you can shift this over, this, or th- maybe this doesn't fit the IP look for the character. So watch out this nose or these eyes. And, hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, so they were, they were absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful to work with. So. So going now that now you said you in you know we've all pretty much already know it. you've got an incredible career uh, you're you're keeping very busy lately um, and again we thank you for being on the show uh, but happy to be here do you f- see yourself um, working towards uh, eventually do you have a story in your in your head somewhere in backfile that uh, you want to tell of your own 
We all we all do. Everyone's everyone's got a story. If it's any good, it's something completely different. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got one where down the road I'd love to do it, but right now um, I can't say what I'm working on because it all hasn't been announced yet. But I'm sure. working on. Um, actually, I'm almost finished with one um, five uh, one um, five issue miniseries. Uh, working on issue three of a four issue miniseries, and I'm working on an ongoing right now. Good. Wow. All three at the same time. At the same time. Oh, wow. my gosh. When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're a family man and now, right? I am, but it's I work digitally mostly. So oh, it's like lots of stuff I work digitally. So it's I basically cut out inks because I'm drawing in ink. Another digital cowboy. problems. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I love working traditionally. And like there are pages for some of the books I've got coming out that haven't, haven't been announced yet that will have, be available traditionally. Some of them are... I've already been pre-bought, so it won't be available available for that. But that's <laughs> that's complicated. I'll get to I'll get to that after it's all been announced. Cool. But cool. Um, it's something where just it's a digital thing. Where in the end, it's not about my ego. Like, look, I can put it down on board. Right. Uh-huh. I can do that at home. It's all about my job as an illustrator, as a storyteller, as a comic book artist. Sure. You know, to make sure that um, I've got something that people can pick up, like traditionally or digitally, and read that book for. So in many ways, it really doesn't matter if on um, on the production side if it's done traditionally or if it's done digitally. It's the the important thing is having the story that people can read and enjoy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you do many commissions at all, being that you're so busy, or do you take them? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm not for. I right now. Um, I used to do like show commissions, like small ones before shows, but I've got a a commission list that's 17 people long that people have been waiting for a couple of years for. And yep, before no. anyone says anything out there of you've been sitting on their money for how long, I don't take any money. Excuse me. I don't take any money until I can do the book within like, or the commission within like two to three weeks. Have it completed in their hand within two to three weeks. Wow. Huh. That's uh, that's more than most can say. No, it's everyone's got different lives. Sometimes um, there's some artists out there. They, um, companies are laid on a check or products aren't paying through and they need the money right now. So they'll, take the money now knowing down the road they can do the commission sure. everyone's got their yeah. thing i'm not going to bemoan yeah yeah other no. people's business models and i, yeah. I respect that there's sometimes life happens mm-hmm. yeah, i'm in a position true. right now where i'm lucky enough that i um i can be at that position where they're on the list oh, again i'm really crazy busy right now yeah <laughs> but so I've got, I've got a list but that list has been capped for quite a while now that's cool though. and like usually as i said usually i do pre-show commissions before convention and because I've got coming up to Emerald, to an Emerald City in a couple months, like what a month and a half. Okay. But I had announced out announced recently telling everyone, hey, look, I can't. I'm busy with that, and it's unfair for me to do a pre-show commission when I've got people that have been waiting for right. two years, maybe yeah. longer, for a regular commission from me. And I just I did it last time because they're they're much quicker and get them done over a period of time to help fund it. And right now with where I'm at, I'll be okay. I don't I don't need that money immediately. And they change for next year. I don't know, but for right now, it's more important for me to make sure I first focus on the three books I'm working on, <laughs> yeah. as well as um, not re- um, being respectful with, for the people who have been waiting for a couple of years for a commission from me. Right. Yeah. I can just imagine and, once they get those drawings, they're just going to be floored. Oh man, yeah. I hope yeah. so. I yeah. hope so. Oh, man. But it's also something with that where with those lists, it's not a one um, one time pass through. It's here, um, I'll let them know like a month out. Hey, I might be available for commission in a month. I'm letting you know now. Um, and if that might come up, I tell you in a month, hey, I've got my open, opening. 
you can say not this time and I'll put you back in the list. You'll still be back at your position in the list. I just go to the next person down. Mm. Very cool. No, that way the people in the wing the longest still get the first opportunity. If they want to take themselves off the list, they're more than welcome to no harm, no foul, no worry. But try and make sure it's as respectful for everyone as um, it can be as possible. Cool. That's awesome. Hey, uh, really quick before we let you go, is there any art, uh, any writers that you really want to, uh, you know, that you'd like to see yourself working with down the line? Maybe somebody that kind of sticks out in your head. That I, I can't say that just because one of the <laughs> lucky to work with the writers I have been. <laughs> you have you've been had some awesome thing. writers, yeah. Yeah, and all that gets in can, some can get some really ugly stuff about either a why didn't you mention a lot of why didn't you mention me. <laughs> or, Stuff yeah. like that, and that's. Well, I mean, there are always those big names out there. Like, yes, I, I can drop a name. Like, oh, I'd love to work with Alan Moore. So, Alan Moore someday. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Of course, and there are other people. I mean, like the uh, the him or the Rick Remenders mm-hmm. or the Magazagios or so anyone like that. Where it's like these are incredibly talented creators. Like Gail Simone. Of course, I'd love to work with Gail someday. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but that's like every artist. That would yeah. be that would be a cool that, book, also, man. <laughs> that would but be then a great book. Stuff like that, yeah, it would be. Um, I would love to. At least I love the opportunity to try. But when you have, <laughs> um, we do that. Also, all these other writers who are not thirty-year um, industry legends. Like, well, what about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's neglecting yeah. so many other creators out there, and there yeah. are other creators out there that we've got tentative things for. Yeah, yeah, I usually or get busted for that around Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell somebody Happy Valentine's so, and, Day, and then they'll, the other person, "Why didn't you say to me Happy Valentine's Day?" And that's how it usually yeah. burns me in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's one of those very much a balancing act where there's so many amazing right. I mean, people talk about like problems with the uh, current era, but this is a golden age of comics. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. People talk about well, they don't the sales in the 1950s. Well, yeah, they don't the sales in the 1950s, but what options do you have in the 1950s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As uh, for kids to consume, and even then, they were paid hor- like all the creators were paid horrible wages, and no one, very few people actually wanted to be there. It was more, I'm doing this so I can get an illustration job. And there were some amazing, incredible creator- creators out there, but and there were more diverse. It's more it was more diverse in the 50s than it was in the 90s. But the 90s was all superheroes. It was all capes. Yeah, with very rare, like Love and Rocks, and a few other exceptions. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the incredible diversity of creators, of creative ability, of talent, of books, it's not that, oh, look, that's the woman writer, or look, that's the, that's the POC color writer, or that's, we have the gay writer. It's, there's so many writers out there that are telling their stories, yeah. which is absolutely wonderful, which I absolutely love, where I can pick up, um, was it Tata Del Rambo, Del Rambo um, by um, Henry Bajarajas and uh, Jason oh, yeah, Thomas, yeah. which yeah. tells it. Tells an amazing story. Mm-hmm. There's no way that could have been really done with any to any degree of success 10, 20, 30 years ago, right. especially 20 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So now that we have opportunities like that, is it's an absolutely amazing thing. And we've got, so it's something that I love that we, I don't know how I've spun off on that one. No, no, no. Like all rewind no. <laughs> it's all good. So and it's one of those things that I love about that where we have that opportunity to have those things. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. So I, I know it, it's the beginning of con season. Is there any other shows? I know you mentioned Emerald City. Is there any other shows that you're going to be at this year that we can see you at? Um, well, one con season is now year round, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> con season. Yeah, that 
there's no like there's no cons like right before and after Christmas. That's it. Beyond that, it's <laughs> it developed in its own thing. Right. But for me, right now, the only thing I've, that I'm doing and it, I'm doing is doing Emerald City. Okay. I've got um, I will be at San Diego Comic Con. Cool. And there's one other show that if you look, go through, you know me that I always do that I will be doing again this year, but it hasn't been announced yet for, so I don't want to jump ahead of the announcement for it. Awesome. Okay. Cool. And I'm a guest though. So if you do like 30 seconds, like uh, Tony Parker comics and uh, conventions, it's some, it's one of my one of my go-to shows. Awesome. But I don't want to directly directly announce it just because the people that run shows like that go through an awful lot of work and effort to make sure that everything's lined up the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And they've got yeah. schedules of announced people. I don't want to get ahead of that. So, right. But those. Awesome. And even for uh, even for San Diego, it's I won't be tabling. I'll be doing some appearances for different books now. They'll be coming out. But uh, cool. which I apologize to the listeners right now. I can't announce what I'm working on right now because <laughs> it hasn't been, they haven't been announced That's or they awesome. haven't been officially announced. So therefore, I, out of respect for that and again the PR people and all that, I'm going to sit back. On they will be announced um, before Emerald City. All um, all of them will cool. I think all of them will be announced. If not, two of the three will be awesome. Awesome. So if if and when they are well, when they are announced, where uh, will you be? Kind of like posting on Facebook or social media, where everybody can kind of see that after after the absolutely. announcement. Absolutely, awesome. I will absolutely. So it'll be social media. I'm pretty straight across the board. Cool. Um, um, I'm Tony Parker Art on Instagram. Uh, Tony Parker Art on Facebook and Twitter, and Tony Parker Art One on Instagram. Just because. Uh, another gentleman by the name of Tony Parker. It's a <laughs> very common name. Yeah, not that, that, guy. that guy. Handle. We're not going to talk about yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- but the, I respect. I mean, it's not like I want to be like, hey, can, you, can I get your thing? Like, dude, he's an artist. He's got his own thing. I'm not going <laughs> to. That'd be incredibly rude of me. Like, hey, I'm, a few people may, may know of me. I want to take your thing. Like, no, he got there first. He all right. <laughs> I fully respect that. Yeah. All right. All right, Tony, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us for a little bit and talking about your career, man. This you you're a busy guy. Very busy guy and a very tough mutter, man. I mean, you guys I've been I've been very lucky with all that. So I've been <laughs> very lucky and incredibly appreciative for being work with so many incredibly talented creators. So it's just very lucky. Hey, thanks again for hanging out with us here on The House of Indie. I'm Joey Galvez and Albert Morales. Albert Morales.